0: This is We're Gonna be. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney. Glad you could join us. Jam-packed show coming up. Mr. Kern will join me in a bit. And our special guest, Jason Mertitis of 97.5 and the Fanatic and the Flyers Podcast Network uh, will join us to discuss all things orange and black. And right now they're on this COVID pause game last night in, or game Tuesday night in Washington called games this weekend against the Devils called. That was originally called because of the Devils, um, uh, incidents that would have been, t- uh, Thursday and Saturday. Now, um, it's called because the flyers, including Claude Giroux, apparently have been placed on the uh, COVID list. We'll talk to Jason about that next weekend. They're supposed to be in Lake Tahoe. We'll talk about the status of that. As well, then mike and i reviewed a super bowl 72 hours later not much really to talk about on that one uh oh yeah there's carson wentz he's still an eagle and we'll get into um where where that's going because it feels like it's going nowhere right now And so uh a lot to get to and um, we may squeeze a little sixers in at the end of this year on friday we're back on another regular show Matt Breen from the Philadelphia Inquirer will join us. We'll talk all things Phillies as they get ready to hit the Clearwater next week to start spring training 2021. Yep, it's a go uh, as we count down towards spring and everything that spring brings, which is awesome. Because right now, all these little snowstorms, I don't know about you, they're driving me crazy. So, But when we come back, Jason Mertidis and Mike will join us. We'll talk a little Flyers. That's next here on Work the Beat. Stay with us.
1: Empty spaces.
0: Well, the Flyers have hit an unexpected pause in their season, obviously uh, because of COVID protocols. Three players have been connected uh, with a potential outbreak. Uh, Flyers game on Tuesday night was called. They had two games against the Devils coming up this week. They're out, so it's a little bit of a week siesta for the for the Orange and Black. And so, let's joining us now from ninety the fanatic, and also uh, does a podcast on the Flyers Podcast Network. Uh, it is our buddy,
1: Jason Mertidis. Jason, how are you? What's going on, boys? Um, I'm, look, I want to watch hockey every night, uh, but I'm enjoying a little break. I'll be honest with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right, let, let's get to... Uh, I saw a couple of the tweets you had yesterday. Uh, the last couple of days about the situation. And people were saying, oh, the season's to get shut down and everything. They build in time even before the playoff schedule to deal with this, didn't they? I mean, when they yeah, when they yeah. did the new format?
1: Yeah, you know, it was bothering me because I see, you know, and I should never let Twitter bother me, first of all, because it's Twitter. and But, you know, I see a lot of people saying some of varying degrees of professionalism or knowledge of the situation, uh, they got to shut it down for two weeks. They need to shut the whole league down. This is a disgrace. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, They'd be lucky. They're going to be lucky to make it to the end of their season. These are also people that said the same thing about the NBA. That said the same thing about Major League Baseball, and are now and the NFL, which by the way played every game that was scheduled, all 256 and an extra round of the play, an extra team in the playoffs in each conference, and just had the Super Bowl. But um, look, the here's the deal: the league has variables for every possible circumstance that all three of us could think of if we were sitting here drinking beer for four hours and more. And not only that, but the trickle-down effect and the options on how to handle the situation. They've thought of it all. And people are assuming that they they didn't expect this. As soon as they came to an agreement with the Players Association that they were going to play games in home buildings and they were going to travel albeit stemmed By going to a city and playing two games like a set, like they're doing, um, and you know not being in a bubble, which was a secure environment where they had seventy thousand tests and no positives. As soon as that they they agreed on that part, they knew there would be positive tests. As did the NBA, as did Major League Baseball, as did the NFL, and they know that they cannot be rigid in their approach to this season because they're going to have these variables that come in and out when. And you don't know when it's going to happen. There were a couple of teams that didn't start the year for 10 days. The Dal- Dallas, Dallas
0: was one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the Florida Panthers. And those two teams came in and boy, they looked a lot more buttoned up than the teams that started right away. Why? Because they got a lot more practice time. They got to work on systems and those things. So the league's been prepared for this. And there is, Kev, there is a buffer to kind of answer your question at the end of the regular season schedule and before when they would, they want to start the playoffs right away. But if they have to make up games because they can't keep doing four games and six nights for teams, then they'll use the buffer. And if the buffer exhausts itself, you could see a scenario where teams, they go, okay, we're only going to play 48 games but they want teams to play an equal amount but they would be prepared as well to go to a winning you know points percentage system to determine which who gets the which is what the they did
0: last year when they came back from the the initial
1: covid pause yep exactly it's not ideal they don't want to do that and and for the people saying well they, they need to shut the league down well why why would the north division need to be shut down they haven't had one situation yet where a team has had to go on pause and i, I think part of the flyers pause too because they did build in the, the expanded roster in the taxi squad in case you had players test positive or get hurt. Um, but I, I think one of the things playing into why they shut the Flyers down real quick was, number one, was the situation that happened with New Jersey and Buffalo, where it got out of hand real quick. Yeah. So that's the NHL you know, correcting itself and, and learning from that. And number two... Um, the Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers are going to play a national, nationally televised game on Lake Tahoe on the twenty first.
0: And I was just going to bring that up. The Flyers are scheduled for a game on Sunday night against the Rangers. They have a game, I think, the following Thursday, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Against
0: the Rangers, and then they go to Tahoe. Yep. When is the next time you think we're going to see them on the ice, realistically? I think.
1: I mean, I think, we'll, I think we could see them on Sunday. Uh, I think that's absolutely a possibility. It just depends on what happens over the next 48 hours with tests, because as we know, from exposure to testing positive or showing symptoms or whatever, it's generally about a week. So uh, knowing that, uh, you know, you look at the situation, you say, OK, well, you, you have to get through that window where anybody that was exposed has been and they either caught it or they didn't. So I, I think we can, there's a good chance we see him on Sunday against the Rangers uh, and then and then on Thursday. Um, and then the next game would be on the 21st in Tahoe against the Boston Bruins. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, but uh, as of right now, uh, I think it, all point all signs point to that they will return on, on Sunday. It's just a question of if more positive tests come in like in a deluge over the next 48 hours. Mike?
2: Yeah, Jason, I apologize. If, I'm not sure it is, but for the playoffs, do they have a plan in place where they're going to kind of play like, are the Canadians going to have a champion from their league or something? Or, or like, what are they going to try to do to maybe cut down on the travel in the playoffs? Or is that not even feasible?
1: Well, I mean, look, the, the first of all, you the first two rounds will be in your division. Okay. So in okay. that North division, whoever's going to come out of that, it, one team's going to come out of each division to be a Final Four team. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So somebody in that East division is going to be in the conference final, uh, and and maybe it's against a team in the North Division, so say it's, so say one it's the Flyers-Montreal. One Canadian
2: yeah. team will be in the Final Four.
1: They're guaranteed that this year. I got you. Okay. Which I'm sure is why a lot of Canadians were like, hey, man, that let's go with an all-Canadian <laughs> division. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that doesn't happen often anymore, where a Canadian team gets to the Final Four.
2: Although, Toronto- I mean, Would there be a problem with the, the Canadian team traveling out of Canada at that point, or are we hoping that by that point, Yeah, that's not. Are you going to Canada, even if that were the reverse?
1: Well, I mean, the quarantine that's in place now, if an American like Pierre-Luc Dubois got traded from Columbus to Winnipeg. And he he just got out of quarantine yesterday. The trade was two weeks ago, (laughs) you know. So they are under those quarantine restrictions right now. But, I mean, I think they're looking at the landscape with the vaccines and also looking at the fact that by the time you get to a situation in a conference final, I mean, you're looking at July. You're looking at late June, July. So they'd like to have the cup handed out by July 10th, I think it is. So you're looking at late June, July, and, you know, with the prevalence of vaccines and –
2: and they wouldn't look for. I mean, if things were still bad or not as good as they think maybe they could be, would they look at a bubble? Do you think at any point for just to I get, for that?
1: Yeah, I, I think the league definitely has that in their in their hip pocket. Um, gotcha. They don't want to do it. Players don't want to do it. The experience was not great for them, um, yeah. but it is in their hip pocket. Should things not go in a direction because of variance or whatever it might be? But I mean, at that point, I mean. From, based on what, you know, the medical community is saying is uh, any American that wants to be vaccinated in April can get vaccinated. And I imagine what the legal do is that they will find a way to not jump the line, but make sure that they have vaccinations for all 900 of their players and and staff of each team so that they wow. are protected at a much higher degree then they would be without any sort of vaccine.
0: And we should say that today, the city of, or I'm sorry, the state of New York allowed indoor events to start having spectators in. So there's a sign. Yeah, up February
1: 23rd will be the date, date that that New York is going to allow. So I saw the Islanders put out the tweet that um, they will be having fans on February, uh, beginning February 23rd. I did, it didn't say, kevin I don't know if you saw. Did it say what percentage of fans or 15%, capacity? Fifteen
0: percent, because the Rangers and the uh, Knicks have mentioned about two thousand fans a night in the stands. So. so
1: that's yeah. So their buildings hold roughly 20,000 20, 20, people. Yeah. So yeah,
0: between ten and fifteen, and I'm sure the Sabers are probably going to be in that same mix as yep. well. So um, yeah, and the
1: Islanders playing in Nassau uh, yeah. on the island will be in the same boat, and I mean. I think what teams are, from what I'm hearing, what teams are thinking is, you know, begin to start to allow fans in that time frame of mid to late February, and then aggressively as things vaccine, people get vaccinated as things and numbers drop and those kind of things, which which is what we're all hoping happens. There's an aggressive growth of fans in the building, uh, hopefully by the end of the regular season to the tune of 50% capacity. And we'll see where it is, you know, come the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: When do you think we could be having that discussion about the flyers at this point and the Wells Fargo center.
1: I mean, I don't like to get too political with, with with the mayor and the city I mean, (laughs) there's a lot that, that, yeah, uh, there's a lot, you know, obviously in that regard that it all depends on the city and them lifting the restriction. Um, It's not a state decision here. um, Like it was in New York with governor Cuomo. So uh, it's a good question, but I I think you're looking at the same thing and look, I, I don't think the flyers, And the Wells Fargo Center would have spent $11 million upgrading that building with ventilation and other ways to receive the certification they received last week without some kind of assurance that they're going to be able to pay the bill by, you know, fans coming through the turnstiles. I mean, they recycle the air in the building every 30 minutes, the entire building with this new system that they put in. I mean, they spent $11 million to do it. Um, So I I think that that was, uh, you know, an investment in getting fans back quicker, sooner rather than later. Jason,
2: getting to what's happening on the ice. Uh, what are they, but they're they not quite a third away, I guess, maybe through the season or whatever. Yeah, but
1: quarter poll, yeah. Quarter
2: poll. What have you seen that you like? And what have you seen that you know, you're not so thrilled about?
1: Um, well, I'll start with what I've liked. I've liked a lot of the results. Yeah, you know, the the result – I mean, look, you're in a shortened season. It's a 56-game season. You had a nine-day training camp. You didn't have exhibition games. And you don't have the amount of runway that you normally had. So, four games equals six games in this kind of season. So, if you lose four straight, that's like you lost six straight in a prior year, which is, as we know, is a lot. So, um, so I like the result because where they sit record-wise in in a shortened season – they're in a very advantageous position because you don't want to be chasing it. We know what chasing it does in sports. You use a lot more energy chasing the standings, and by the time you get there and get where you're you know you're head above water as a playoff team, you're often gassed, and then you have nothing left. You're not having to tap into desperation this early. I mean, with a record through 13 games of 8-3-2, tied for the top spot in the division, uh, they've got from basically where they sit at 18 points to being... Uh, out of the playoffs is seven points in just 13 games. That's a good spot to be in. And the other thing I like about it is that they they haven't played nearly their best hockey. And I, I am such a firm believer in this statement. I say it all the time. Um, good teams in sports find ways to win when they're not at their best, and bad teams find a way to lose in sports when they are at their best. And sometimes, you know, you're just a team that... Hey, even though we weren't very good all game, we still found a way to win. Now, eventually process catches up to you. It's not sustainable. Uh, I've seen the process start to change where we see a lot of the details of the game kind of starting to dial in with their four check, with their neutral zone play and their D zone play. So it's not like they've looked. I I thought the 2-1 loss to Boston was the best they've looked all year. Mm -hmm. Now, the result isn't what you want. But from a hockey standpoint, that was the best game they played. Detailed, four-check. Boston beat him on a scramble goal to tie the game with about eight guys in the blue paint. And then a, a bad goal that uh, Brian Elliott gave up. You know, and he and he, took, and he owned up to it and said, I lost the game first night. The guy shouldn't have beat him from there. And he didn't. It was a 2-1 hockey game. Um, but so, so I, I like the result. I like, obviously, the performance of James Van Riemsdyk. And it's not just a points thing with him. Even though he's off to a great start from a points perspective, he's playing great in all three zones. He looks tremendous. He's a guy that will is is a curious guy when it comes to preparing for a season. He's not close minded about any techniques or sports science. He he checks it all out, all right? Um, and and he and he changes his approach. And he wanted to become. He used the word more elastic on the ice, um, so a little bit more amenable to you know, side to side lateral movements and, and that kind of stuff, not as such a straight line player, and you can see it in his game. And I don't know where he came up with the term elastic, but it, it's it's very apropos and he looks more elastic and his game looks so dialed in. Um, and then there's other guys that I think have been really good at points but and shaky at others like Kevin Hayes, I think, has, you know, come up with some really big plays, but his game's still not completely there. Um, getting and, and being where you are in the standings too, without Sean Katurier for basically two of those games is is a great thing because he's a, he's a great player. Uh, as far as the things I don't like, uh, you know, the one game against Boston really bothered me—the loss in overtime. Um,
0: the lately yeah. give up the the one where they had they gave up the, the the two goal lead basically on power yeah. plays.
1: Yeah, and you had three power you gave them three power plays and, and like I. Another thing, like to, they weren't
2: like, good penalties either, were they, Jason?
1: No, they weren't. They, they, were, they were lack of discipline. Nicholas Albe Kubel, with a two goal lead, closes his hand on a puck and tries to throw it. Like, I get it's a human reaction, you know, you, that you just do that, but no, you don't do that, you know. Yeah, right. And then they score, they make it a one goal game. And then you have the penalty uh, to Kevin Hayes, 200 feet from his net in the offensive zone, a hook. And it was a questionable call, but you don't even put yourself in that position to let the, refer- the referee have the question to make the call or not. And
0: then the interference happens, and then the interference was six seconds left.
1: Yeah, and then the Lawton one is just he's not moving his feet, right. and you end up going into the overtime shorthanded. And and look, it, like I used a cliche before about you know winning games when you're not at your best, blah blah blah. But the other cliche, and you never let a team. You always go okay. I'll let the opposition beat me with their weakness all day. I'll take away your strength. And if you beat me with your weakness, stick taps. Good job. Right. But I never put a team like the Boston Bruins in a position to beat me with their strength because of a lack of discipline. And that's what they did. They put a team with the best line in hockey, the perfection line, in a position to get them back in that game and then win that game. And that 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 loss really irritated me. And people were like, you know, oh, those were bad calls by the refs, and I was having none of it. Bullshit! They put themselves in that position. It was not the referee's fault that they went to overtime and lost that game. That was their fault, and they needed to own it. And I, from what I can tell, they did. But uh, that, and it's that against, really bothers me. against
2: a team they might have to, you know, beat to yep. get to the final four. Well, team
1: right now it has got their number this year. I mean, they've gone o two and two against that team. You know, you um, and and if you're going to get out of that division and, and move on in the playoffs, you got to. It's right now. It's going through the Bruins. So they they got to be better than that. Um, some of the play has been erratic from some of the defenders like Gustafson and Goss Despair, Robert Haig, uh, Justin Braun. Um, How and much
2: th- did they miss the guy that retired? Niskanen? Niskanen? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a big loss. Um, on the ice, it's a big loss because he's a top-pairing right-shot you know, defenseman. You know, The right-shot top-pairing guy that can play 24 minutes a night is a bit of a unicorn in, in the NHL. Um. So they miss him from that standpoint. I think you miss him just behind the scenes. And he he's a guy who will go out on a shift at a really frenetic time in a game when maybe it was hanging in the balance, and he'd just give you a really calm shift. And it would just calm the bench down, calm right. the team down. He'd go out there and just make a couple really simple plays, smart plays, and it just calm the game down. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's calm it down, and then the, we can start to grab momentum again. You mentioned
0: so – no, I'm sorry about that. You mentioned Hagen-Gossespierre, and – Look, their defense, I think, has been poor in some games. To be blunt, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you want to take the Boston that first Boston game. Gassiusbeer was flat on his heels on the first goal, which ended up being the deflection uh, by Pasternak. But
1: uh, he walked them in a big way. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I mean, he, he just
0: absolutely, you know, back up like it was like ice capades a little bit. Mm-hmm. But is most of their defensive issues. The defensemen, I mean, the defensemen were supposed to be the strong spot on this team when they got maturity. You know, obviously, you had Proveroff, and you had a lot of people come up through the system. And with Hexi, and we'll get to Hexi in a minute, I know you probably have opinions on him in Pittsburgh, but that was the apparent strength in their farm system for a long time. And it hasn't quite shown so far, except for Proveroff, obviously. Is this a. They're getting beat or are the forwards being a little lax look we saw Konechny got benched by 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 av because he didn't like the way he was playing at the other end of the ice is it the defense, is it the forwards are not given enough cushion for the defenseman at this point or is the defensemen a little bit behind
1: well i mean they were without phil myers too so right. that that's a big part of it and you're trying to fill that hole on that top pairing with Proveroff, and you're kind of moving guys around to do it. Braun at points. You've used Myers when he was healthy on that top pairing. So that naturally weakens your second pairing with Myers and Sanheim. Um, so, so well, from from a defensive um, standpoint as a team, they were not very good. And the, re- the reason why Konechny got benched was, you know, and, and Av talks about his 200 foot game was he was his lack of responsibility in the D zone, flying the D zone, um, not making you know trying to fly the zone to get an offensive chance, leaving too early, being too high on the boards, not uh, puck management wasn't good enough, those kind of things in the D zone, turning it over, then you get hemmed in, right? Or even in the neutral zone when you go up and you can chip a puck in, um, not chipping it deep. If you chip it down below their goal line. Get it behind their defense. Now they got to travel two hundred feet. If you just get you make a play at their blue line and you turn it over there, now the team in transition is automatically has got numbers, right? right. So they're they're in an uh, in an odd man rush situation, and they only have two thirds of the ice to travel. So it stresses your defense a lot more. So that that's the responsibility that he talks about. You notice when they get the puck deep, they start the when you get the puck down below their goal line, they're behind their D. Their goal their D has to turn their backs to the play to go yeah. get it. And that's where your 2-1-2 two, two, split forecheck first guy goes to F1 goes to the guy with the puck, the D with the puck. Mm-hmm. So say it's in the right corner, then F2 is going over and taking away the simple 12 to 15 foot pass to the other D behind the net. That's the split, right? And then the center is reading on the strong side. And if, the, if that D that is being challenged by F1 now tries to send the puck up the boards just on a rim. He can cut it what off. What happens? The, the D man comes down. Right. Take, seals the boards. Center seals the point, And now you have your four check. Everything's predicated off that. But if you don't get it deep, they're transitioning it back on you and it's stressing the hell out of your opponent. Hope that wasn't too technical. No, no, <laughs> it,
0: no, it's fine. Like, oh, yeah. kind of on the last question on that on that line, Elliott's been great in goal. Yeah, Hart has been good, sometimes a little shaky. Um, are we to read anything into that at this point, anyway?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Long term, his numbers are a little crooked, right? Hearts. Yeah. Um, and and there was. Look, like he got pulled in the one game against Buffalo, where they lost six to one. He gave up four goals in that game. I think on eighteen or nineteen shots.
0: Yeah, the one game in Boston where they gave up, where it kind of turned ugly. Six lately. spot. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, they, they were they go into that game two nothing in the third period, right? Mm-hmm. And they end up losing that game too, and and he gets touched up for six. All said and done, because of the shootout, and then he tees off on a stick. Uh, uh, you know, he at, at points. There's some saves I go, oh, he probably should have made that, like in that Boston game. Yeah. There was a goal that Marshan scored, the second one he scored that went short side, and I know that Hart didn't like it because I know what it feels like to give that one up, and you should never give that one up. But that was not a product of that shot. That was a product of four goals earlier in the game, given up, all on the back door. Yeah. So he's, you know, your environment's going to affect you mentally. You keep getting burned on the back door, and there was a guy on the back door there, Patrice Bergeron, standing there. And he's going. I'm not getting burned on the back door again. So he shades it. And as soon as you shade it in the NHL, guy against a guy like Marshan who can shoot the puck, he goes short side on you, and yeah. you're dead. Your weight's just slightly off, you know, loaded on your outside leg, and it just it kind of it. And I know he didn't like that, but um, overall, um, I think he's played some really strong games. He's made some big saves at big times. Um, and shoot, goaltenders have been behind shooters. In, in the early going here around the league like you look at the the average save percentage league average is like 905 usually that's about 918 yeah so it'll come back and look part of that too is no camp lack of systems lack of teams dialed in defensively more high danger scoring chances. Therefore, more goals. And that's part of it, too. The league always tightens as it goes in past the first couple months. Everybody in the beginning of the year that loves goals always says, look at all these goals that are being scored this year. This is great. And then by Mm. December, games are 2-1 again, you know, because coaches get their systems in from practice. This year might be a little different, though, because you don't have the practice.
2: And it's funny. Why didn't you tell me to bet the over early on, man? I could have. I I'd say that every year. Rich. I mean, look,
1: look, watch, watch <laughs> some of the games in the North Division. It's like watching 1983 hockey. Yeah, you know, eight to. F- I watched a game uh, last week. Edmonton beat Ottawa eight to five. There wasn't a lick of defense in that yeah, game. Yeah, man,
2: all star game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looked like the the, the goalies <laughs> couldn't stop a beach ball from the blue line. It well, was insane.
0: Well, it's funny because Coatsy mentioned this. I think it was before the second Boston game. I was in the car and I heard I heard the opening to the radio broadcast. Coatsy talked about how he thought the style of the game has been awful early. And yeah. he, he was flat out. He said that he thinks everybody is sloppy. He's not just the Flyers, but he thinks yeah, it's, it's, league a, wide. it's a league-wide problem. So I guess if you're a Flyer fan, you kind of take it that, you know, they're not alone on this one. I mean, look at what the Islanders oh, no. have gone
1: through here early. Yep. I mean, you're going to have games with because Kev, you don't have a lot of practice time either. Because no. you're, I mean, like the Flyers start off the season 10, 10 games in nineteen days, so you don't have a lot of time to go in and say, "Hey, let's work on the PK today" or work on the power play. You just don't have the. T- you got to get ready for games. You got to make sure that your body is taken care of so that you can give as much as you can in the games. And Coachy's right. Like I know a lot of Flyer fans were going crazy, and going bananas, like, "Oh, this team looks like such shit." Blah blah blah. And I'm going, "Yeah, watch the league." Yeah. <laughs> there, there's teams that are really good that got the doors blown off them by bad teams. I went and listed a bunch of them on Twitter one night. There's
0: only one team I'm I've like, seen that's looked really good, and that's Toronto right now. Toronto looks great.
1: Everybody yep. else looks... But but, but they have gotten they got shit kicked by a couple bad teams early True. on, too. You know? Um, Montreal, same thing. I mean, you just, it's teams that I look at and I go, okay, that team's in trouble. I look at a team like Vancouver, I go, that team's in trouble. Right. Uh, you know? And then there's other teams that are just bad teams, like Detroit, like Ottawa, that I look at and go, they're just not good teams. But I think it. when you get to that 20-game mark, you'll start to know who's who and what's what. Mike?
2: Yeah, it, it it seems to me like, I remember the last time when we had, it was the 44-game season or whatever it 48. was. 48. It yeah. actually was kind of fun. I get the feeling the way you're talking, Jason, you think this is going to be kind of fun. Even though we're living in goofy times and, you know, things happen like the Flyers aren't going to play for a week, but... That this could be kind of you know more interesting than that eighty game, it turns into drudgery at some point.
1: Yeah, um, the forty eight game season I thought was really interesting because it was so short and it was you know an agreement one day for the new CBA and boom they were on the ice the next day and six days later they were playing games. It was like whoa, right? And then you went on this forty eight game sprint. To the playoffs and and everything that went with it, and every game meant so much, and and that that'll be the case this year. The big difference this year, though, is that they're only playing the eight teams in their division. So you're right,
2: right, yeah.
1: Or, well, seven opponents, and you're seeing them right. eight times each, which I think some people I look at that's and good go, too, I yeah, like that and go, "Do though, yeah." Some people look at that and go, "I don't want to see the same. I'm fine with the Flyers playing the Penguins or the Rangers yeah. or the Islanders or you know those teams in Boston. I, to me, that's compelling. Yes. It's storyline and. So look, I don't want it in normal season. I like to see the variety, but this isn't nothing's normal right now.
2: But you can never have enough Flyers, Pittsburgh, or Flyers Caps. I mean, yeah, or Flyers Rangers,
1: right? Flyers Rangers.
2: I mean, mean, come on, yeah, that was great. I mean, I know you don't like you said every year that might not work, but this year it's going to work. Well, the only you got no
0: choice, yeah. But but the only bad part about it is if you look at this division, I would say Philly, Washington, Boston are. Are clearly, you know, elite level teams. And then you throw the Islanders and the Penguins in there, but only four of them are going. So somebody yeah. good who could have made some serious noise in the playoffs is going home before they even get to the starting line.
1: You're absolutely right, Cav. I mean, that's look why at the, you
2: want to be like like Jason was saying. Where they are, you want to yeah. be eight, three, and one. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Like I look at the Islanders, I go, I'm not sure what they are because last year you can't judge a team on what they are now based on last season, especially right. when it's a team like the Islanders who, in the first 18 games last year, won 15 of 18. But in the last 15 games last year, they lost 13 of 15, and had the pause not happen, they probably would have made the playoffs. Then they went to a conference final. So will the real New York Islanders please stand up? I have no idea what they are. Right. Right. And they've been they've been scrappy here in the beginning, trying to you know they lost five straight. Now they've won two straight. Um, Pittsburgh, uh, I think, are for them and their run. Be, I don't like their goaltending. I think their D is old. Uh, you know Malkin's having a horrible year, and they're scrapping. They're they're five five and one. You
2: know what's funny, Jason? I have a friend of mine that's real big Pittsburgh. Forget you know who I'm talking about, Kevin. Yeah. Um, and he he told me this a year ago. I said something to him. I said, you know what? what? And he goes, No, Mike. He goes, Pittsburgh's got it. They got to they they got to take a step back before. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was, yeah, you because know, anytime you have calls being Malkin on the team, I'm figuring, out, you know what? But I maybe he was right.
1: Well, here here's the thing with them too. Um. Look, Jim Rutherford was the GM there who just resigned and opened up the position for Hexy to want to take. Um, he was a guy who was a mortgage the future guy, and he traded away every asset. He made like a hundred trades in six years, like way more than anybody. Like every six days, yeah, that's what it came out to. He made a trade of some varying degree, and he made some big ones. And he traded a lot of draft picks, and he traded a lot of prospects and. You know, and, and used all that as currency to try and keep the window open, which makes sense when you got Crosby, Malkin and Latang, and you had Matt Murray and Mark Andre. It makes sense to do that. But what does that do? That means a credit card bill's coming. And when it comes, it's got interest.
0: Well, and and, that, and that's the interesting point with, with a lot of interest, like eighteen percent.
2: Yeah, you open up a new credit card, right? I, I know
1: people. Well, I that. think that, I think he's been doing the cash advances and rolling them over, and uh, they're they're in a tough spot now. There's going to be pain on the other side of that. Well,
0: and that's the strange part about Hexy going in is Hexy was almost too patient here in some mm. people's eyes, and was very big picture. And Brian Burke is interesting because. Brian's he's made, Brian Burke. He's Brian Burke, and he's going to say something <laughs> stupid at some point. But Brian Burke also kind of played the long game a little bit in, in Vancouver when he was there. He played yeah. long game in a little bit in Toronto when he was there. Um,
1: not in Anaheim though. Not in Dang Anaheim.
0: No. So I guess the point is that doesn't fit if you start Sidney Crosby on your team. Are you ever going to play long-term game here? Because Sidney Crosby's time is running out.
1: Well, I thought it was interesting. I watched the press conference last night where they introduced Hexie and where they introduced Berkey, and Ron was asked about that. And Ron is known around the league as a builder, you know, a guy that's going to build up your farm system, build up through draft and develop. And, you know, he's going to be amenable to that. And, and I thought his, his choice of words was really interesting. You know, we're going to do everything we, we can this year to win. But he kept saying this season, this season. Wow. So maybe they take one more kick the can and, you know, they try and do whatever they can to, to bring in some pieces for a run this year. But, you know, Malkin's contract is coming up. Latang is constantly hurt. Uh, I think you could see a situation where they go, okay, we're going to push all in this year. And then then you're going to have to figure out what you do with, with those guys. You know, the, the days of, hey, that guy needs to retire as a member of this organization, those are long gone, right? If, if I can trade oh. Sidney Crosby to Montreal, who he grew up being a fan of, and I can get back, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Kasperi K- Kakaniemi and a bunch of draft picks and stuff like that and really kick my rebuild into high gear. Because I don't have that stuff. I go to him and I may, I may have to ask that. It seems, you know.
2: And maybe Sydney wants to do that because maybe he has a better chance he doesn't, to win the
1: cup. Yeah, and he doesn't want to go through a rebuild. No. Nah. He's 33 years old. Like, what does he want to be sitting around well, how many know, more twirling away in the final years of his.
0: I was just going to say, how many more years do you think he'll play?
1: I think he's got at least four more good years in him. But, I mean, look what's happening in Chicago, right? Like, you know, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taze, and Patrick Kane, when they put out their letter to their fans from Stan Bowman, the GM, that they were going through a rebuild and they traded Corey Crawford or they didn't sign Corey Crawford Crawford, and they moved on from some other guy. They were like, oh, this is – look, they won three Cups. They were the team of the decade. Yeah. And those guys, you know, they don't want to be sitting around there going through that. And they already got some good young players. They got Kirby Doc and they got other guys, right? Um the, to brink it. And they're still hot garbage and they will be for a while because when you win like that, the other side of it's not a pretty pretty sight. Because you, you have to you have to give up a lot to stay there. But they get you know, but you look at it and you go, "Okay, the team got 3 cups in 6." That's
2: years. right. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> I mean, right.
1: So I mean, all said and done so far, the Penguins with that core, they got to a cup in 08, they won it in 09, and then they won the back-to-backs in '16 and '17.
0: For the flocks, for the Flyers, are you convinced? Is this a year they push chips in to make the run? If you're Chuck Fletcher, do you do you go a knowing that windows are strange and you do? Your captain is 33, and his his play is still good, decent. But it's not what it was two, three years ago. Do you go a little more of a push now than you would have at the deadline?
1: That's an interesting question. If things were totally normal and we didn't have this pandemic, I'd say absolutely. I would. But the question in the variable that is beyond the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher's control is what other general managers are willing to do. Because you have a couple things here. You have a flat cap. Mm -hmm. so. That's the reality of the situation. You can't you can't trade in your upside down car. Right? You know what I mean? Um, with and attach a prospect to it for and have a team take it. You can't um, you can't just trade prospects and take on salary because of the flat cap. And then you also have the element of an expansion draft this offseason. So I can't make a trade for a guy, give up significant assets, and then be in a position where I can't protect him in the expansion draft because I just gave away the prospects and the player. So there's all those things. And then I don't know what the trade market's going to look like. We knew free agency was going to be different, and it was ugly. Right. I mean, guys like Taylor Hall taking one-year deals, right? Right.
0: Just to get to the other side.
1: Yeah. And then you see... You know, not really any trades happening, but are we going to get to a point in this season where teams are saying, okay, let me cut salary. And the Flyers, because they are in a surplus in cap right now, at, say they're two and a half. Well, if you trade, make a trade for a player at the midway point of the season, you can now take on plus five million because cap space grows. So you could take on a plus $5 million player. So uh, I don't know. I I think if a situation, and I know that Chuck, is talking to teams around the league. But what do these trades look like? You know, that's the thing. In a normal situation, I think absolutely he he would push um, to make one of those deals and attach a prospect and, you know, and and grab a player that could really put him in an advantageous position now. But I just don't, I'm not sure what the trade markets are going to be like um, with a flat cap expansion draft and a shortened season where the other thing, the other thing too is do teams really want to, You know, kind of sell pieces off that are good pieces that fans are allowed back in the building. They don't look so good all of a sudden. You you think Sydney
2: would look in orange and black? Yeah, that ain't. Crosby?
1: Uh, Yeah. That'll never happen. (laughs) But I mean, I think he can still play. Now, I'm not a Sydney Crosby hater.
2: Flyer fans would love him. He yeah, goes they would be the, the, the most hated guy in the planet. He be Bryce Harper. Bizarres.
1: Yeah, people are like uh, sometimes like Flyer fans and go, "Oh, he's, he's not. That, what is he so great at?" I go, "He's great at <laughs> hockey." Yeah. He, there's not one element of the game that he's not great at, <laughs> and especially the fact that he's an absolute winner. <laughs> you know,
0: you mentioned yeah. you mentioned the expansion draft. You know, before the year, I would have thought, well, if all the Flyers, JVR may have been one of the guys who had a kraken tied to his name. You know, beforehand way he's playing, I'm not sure he can risk that, can you?
1: Well, had he not played like this, I don't think the Kraken would have had any interest. Well, that's true, because (laughs) of the contract. Um, But you would have exposed him. You would have exposed
0: him. You probably would have exposed him, yeah.
1: Oh, he's going to be exposed no matter what. I don't care if he wins a Rocket Richard this year. He's getting exposed. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, that that's the one where the Flyers said fans were kind of like, hey, let's get out from under this contract. That'd be perfect if they could take him, blah, blah, blah. I think it's more likely Lawton. Um, when you look at the general manager out there, it's Ron Francis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just He's a, a Scott Lawton kind of guy. You know? yeah. Scott Lawton's got his kind of player. Um, so I, I don't know. Well, we'll see how it plays out. But, um, you know, people shouldn't be daunted by an expansion draft. You lose one player. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really. you, don't, you don't lose three. You don't set, start sending prospects so they take one of your players that you don't want to – so they take a player that you don't want to lose. Yeah. Don't do that. Just let them take one player. It's one player. Protect the guys that you want to protect, like Proveroff, Sanai, Myers. You know, and you, you can and, protect and, Hayes. And
0: And it's not going to be the same type of market as it was for Vegas when Vegas came in. I think you're going to be, see. There
1: are going to be teams that – it's the same exact expansion draft. Right. There's going to be teams that make the same mistake too.
0: True. Uh, let me let me pick your brain on a couple other things here. Uh, do you miss? Well, you still do your weekend shift, but do you miss having to talk Carson Wentz every day?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> um, I, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I've I've been doing radio for 26 years, and it was the most liberating thing in the world getting fired <laughs> because it was like, okay, I don't ha- in April when the NBA playoffs and the NHL players go on, I'm talking about what Carson Wentz ate at a buffet a week before a mini camp. Like, who gives a crap, right? But that's the repetitive nature of the format. And, no, I don't miss it at all. I talked about it a little bit this weekend because I was pissed off that they're trading him. But to me, you know, this whole thing of ignoring the other sports so we can talk football, football, football is nauseating. And I just I had enough of it. I, I do the one show a week, and it's therapy. It's cathartic for me, right? But no, the obsessive nature of it is. Who are you pissed off
0: at? Are you pissed off at Howie? Or are you pissed off at? Yeah. Are you pissed off at Wentz at all for not?
1: I'm not nearly as pissed off at Wentz. If, if I'm Wentz, I go, I go. I understand. Like I understand why you want out. Why would you want to stay? You know, to me, this general manager has just. I mean, he's a weasel and this is his mo he puts people in the firing line to protect his ass he he's on everybody's fingers and toes on the way up the ladder he didn't do it on the way down and then now he's going back up and he did it again and if I, i'm fine with firing doug i'm fine with getting rid of wentz as long as that guy's not here still and i know and i see the reports this week and you know adam schefter initially comes out and says uh you know, he'll be traded this week. Then today he said, I'm pretty sure he's going to be traded. And I know where all this bullshit comes from, where Adam Schefter gets his news and Ian Rappaport. It's from that guy because mm-hmm. I had it happen to me. I broke a story that Carson fractured his back. You know, earlier that day, it was funny. Rappaport and Schefter, they all said uh, recent scans showed nothing wrong with Carson. And that was at 9 o'clock in the morning after the press conference. And then at 10.45, I broke the story. They had a fracture in his back. And Howie's texting my partner saying I'm full of shit. And then all of a sudden, and, he, all, you know, oh, your report's total bullshit and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, that a half hour later, I see Schefter saying a recent scan, so does, that there was a slight fracture in his back. I go, well, wait a minute. Two hours ago, you said there wasn't. When was this scan taken? <laughs> During so, lunch? So, So wait a minute. So you
0: got the wrath of Howie like while that report was going on, like through, I guess it oh, was, it was Anthony, Anthony. correct? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I said, uh, I just told Anthony, I said, um, tell Howie that I stand by my report. I have my sources. And I said, and also tell him, I'm not going to put out the report that I have on two other players at this time. And I named them who they were. Um, cause I got information regarding injuries that they were dealing with. One was an offensive lineman. One was a safety. Um, and if if he really had a problem with my report, he could call me. And he was, you'll hear from the lawyers, blah, blah, blah. And, I've always, and people said to me, oh, you made up elements of your report. I said, listen, here's how you can tell I didn't and that they knew it was true. I either would have lost my job mm-hmm. or I would have gone on the air and had a retraction. Because my report was pretty – I reported that he had a fracture in his back and he was not made aware of it initially. And he played it. And I had video of him – three games into the season when they were playing against um, the Minnesota Vikings in late October that I had obtained pregame where he was mic'd up. Now, this video was marked at the NFL Films Lab as red stop sign, which means you cannot right. email, can do anything. They categorize all this stuff. And Carson, in that pregame warm-up, um, was throwing the ball, and then he went to go sit on the bench next to Nate Sudfeld, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't even sit. And Sudfeld's like, why? And he says, my back so bad I can't sit and then he had to go on and ask for his third shot of toward pregame which is obviously a lot <laughs> three shots pregame uh, and I had the I had the video and, and and I had other evidence from a really good source I had screenshots of messages from the source with team personnel and I, I was really comfortable with my report and I never retracted anything I was nothing you know my report was real. <laughs> so,
0: you know, it, um, it, it, my
1: source was really good and very close to the situation. Multiple. Mike?
2: Now I'm just, fa- I'm just listening. I'm fascinated by so many. I wish he could say names because I, I would love, you know, but uh, that's, look, Kevin, we've all been there. We know how that game works. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people call me and say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, yeah, I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the way you believe me, I do is, like
2: yeah, the way you can always tell is that they, they don't come back and sue you, or they don't come back and, you know, something to that effect. I love the way the world works, you know. And I look, I'm not denouncing Shefty or any of those guys. I understand how they have to do their jobs. But the best thing I love is when ESPN will put something up. And ESPN confirmed a report on you know the on uh right. you know radio station in Philadelphia. All that means is they got beat on a story. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's okay. Yeah. In this world, people get beat on stories. There, there's just too many people out there. But I, I hate that. Confirmed. What, what does confirmed mean? Yeah. It, means, it means Jason was right.
1: Well, <laughs> and, and other parts of it, they said, you know, and I like I know Mike Garofalo really well. And they were like, right. the, as far as him not knowing, and they knew the, 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 there's nothing that, that, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, of course Cowie's gonna tell you that. But why am I still on the air? Yeah. I reported that. With explicit details. I didn't say how he knew. None of that stuff. Why am I still on the air? If I would have put out that report and it wasn't true, I'd be fired. Yeah. They would have sued me. All right? And and I would have been gone. So why is that the case? But that takes time, right? That takes time for that to happen.
0: So explain to me why Howie is still there.
1: Good question. It's a really good question because he has the...
2: I've given Kevin this answer many times and because when Chip lost control and, you know, the whole thing was in the tank, how he had them winning the Super Bowl two years later. I don't understand what people don't get about this. From Jeff Lurie's perspective, he took this team from the ashes of Chip Kelly to a Super Bowl in two years. He thinks he can do it again. Yep. It's very simple. But we all sit here and say, well, why does Jeff think that? Because he did it. Yeah. Whether you want to give him credit or not, or I want to give him credit, he did. He deserves credit. He made, yeah, and all the moves he made in 17 worked. They yep. all worked. But that doesn't give you a lifetime Peterson pass
1: either. They weren't sustainable, no. but they worked that year.
2: Right. And because he stunk the last three years... Is not going to trump the fact that he won a Super Bowl for this owner. But it, does, I don't, but it doesn't give you a I lifetime don't get pass. What, so it doesn't. You know give and there's it, a relationship there that goes back 15, 20 years. I mean, you know. But it shouldn't it doesn't make it, be, it. Doesn't make it right. Right. But it shouldn't I'm give you a saying, lifetime that's pass. The reason.
0: I mean, Jerry Reese was fired three years after the Giants won a second Super Bowl with him as GM.
2: Right, but Jerry Reese, the, the ownership might have not looked upon Jerry Reese. You, you're looking at this. Kevin from like logically a, a conventional yes. NFL. I'm saying, think about where the Eagles were when Chip Kelly got let go. They were, it, was, it had blown up in their face. They You know, whatever. Whoever was hired, Chip, whether it was Lori, whomever, the guy who had been relegated to the corner to take a timeout comes back and two years later they have a parade down Broad Street. You don't forget that very quickly. Even if he messed the last three years up. You just they did forget,
1: forget about that. it quickly when it came to the head coach.
2: <laughs> well, right, because Doug went in and said, "Hey, I, you know, I don't want you telling me I can't have Press Taylor as my OC." And I get all that.
1: Well, and, a... and the behind-the-scenes work of Howie Roseman right. pinning everything on Doug.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, and and we'll never know the true story of who took White Side or you know who did this or who did that. Yeah. And I think the same thing about Howie. Do you guys do? I, I I do not disagree at all. But I'm just telling you, he's going to get at least one more shot. To do what he did, because Jeff thinks he can do it again. Yep. yep. It's very, it's very simple. And now nice I don't sense. think he can do it again. And now I know why, I could be wrong.
0: Now I know why Jason hates this stuff.
2: <laughs> <Because>. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Jason's absolutely right. It, there's, you know, because but he, this is what talk radio. This is what sustains talk radio.
0: Where do you yep. think he ends up, Jace, Where do you think he ends Carson? up, Carson? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I know the easy part is to say Indy because of Frank Reich. I don't think so, though. I I don't know Chicago. I guess I don't know. You
2: know, there was a report that Indy. Uh, I'm going to forget the name of the quarterback now. Oh, um, Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan.
0: There was a report that Matt Ryan. They were interested in now. So
2: yes, yeah, yeah. Or, so would you take Matt Ryan or would you take Carson?
1: Well, Matt Ryan played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the greatest second makes, half comeback in makes, Super Bowl history happened against this team.
2: I think but, he makes more money, but I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not
1: yeah, I'm not sure. And,
2: and he's older, but it, I think the Colts are looking at this as a one or two year. We can win. You know, we yeah. have a pretty good team.
0: Well, the problem for the Eagles is, is if Indy's serious about Matt Ryan, and it's only let's say Chicago left, their leverage is blown. They They're have no leverage. leverage. Anyway.
1: Well,
2: they don't have. I don't. They have
1: a lot. Of uh, I mean, how, plus, do, how do you have leverage with a guy that had, you know, historically the biggest drop off? Not only that, but he's guaranteed ninety million dollars. It's not like you're trading a guy that they a, can get out from under.
2: There's a whole slew of quarterbacks that could be available. You know, yep. I don't know what you think of Sam Donald. I'm not the biggest Sam Donald guy in the world. You have two quarterbacks in Texas who could be available. Um, you have like three or four guys in the draft. Well, the, the, the first draft pick is already gone, but I'm just saying there there is no shortage. Now Russell Wilson saying he don't want to get hit as much. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go without going to Carson Wentz.
1: And, and now we see NFL quarterbacks will move teams, franchise oh, yeah. quarterbacks. When Tom Brady left New England, when Phillip Rivers left the Chargers, you know, there's guys that'll move. So
2: yeah. Let me ask a question to you guys. Would you rather have Garoffalo Garoppolo or Wentz?
0: Um, I'd rather have Wentz. I'd rather have Wentz.
2: Okay, yeah. well, I'm just saying you factor everything in the contract. Yeah, oh, I'm not. is making
1: money though, uh, but Garoppolo they couldn't throw the ball more than ten times two years ago.
2: <laughs>
0: but, but it, but it also it also points out the fact that his the team that would be the most interested in Garoppolo has a personal relationship with him already, and that's New England. Yeah. I mean, yep. the, yeah, you know, Bill, ha- Bill has a stake in Garoppolo at this point. And, yeah. you know, we talk about Brady trying to prove that he was the brains, not Bill. Well, now Bill is going to try to counteract it and get Garoppolo back. That's my... Yeah, that's
2: I my agree with you. Yeah that, that. yeah, that could mean San Francisco's looking for a quarterback. I mean, this, there could be more quarterbacks moved this winter this than any offseason ever. Or maybe they won't. Maybe a lot of them will stay. You know, maybe and Dak the, will stay in Dallas, and maybe and, and, um, and the guy the, in Texas will stay there, or Houston. And Deshaun, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the and the brilliant part of the NFL is they now are a twelve month a uh, twelve month of year lake. I mean, yeah. literally They've
2: every been year. that for 30,
0: 20 years. Twenty years. Not but, for me. I know. Not for you me. Know. I got
1: a hockey season in there.
0: Fight the power, yeah, Jason. Fight it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you're back on this weekend, I assume.
1: I am. So you yeah.
0: get a couple of days of just chilling, right? Like,
1: wow. yeah, it's it's kind of nice, you know. Um, I got the show on Saturday, and I I just chill out a little bit, and I'm still watching, you know, shovel the NHL. snow. Yeah, a little bit of that too, and watching my Jason, kid play. Take it and from me. it's good. Take
2: it from me. As long as the money is okay, you're okay that way. Um, and I do get bored, and especially with the COVID. Um, but chilling is not a bad thing. No. As long as you can, as long as you have enough to keep you going, yep. Enough, and you do because you have all the hockey stuff. Um, it's it's like you said, talking Carson Wentz in in April or May or June is not necessarily the way you want to be spending your days. And I understand there's some people yeah. to do, and they do a very good job at it. But man, that ain't easy.
1: Yeah, I'm not real interested in doing that again. <laughs> no, I hear you.
2: I want to know who those people were that gave you that. It's sometime. Off the air, I want to hear who those people were, man. That that's a great story.
1: Yeah, I'll get. I'll let you know because I know it's uh, going into a vault with you two.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anthony Anthony must have been confused when you said no. Howie's wrong.
1: <laughs> well, I just said tell him this.
0: <laughs> that must have been a fun commercial break conversation. I assume you know. Yes. Jason. Mart- wow. Mart- wow. Wow. He
2: told you. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jason Martinez of 97 by the FNAC. And when's the next Flyers podcast coming?
1: Uh, tomorrow. tomorrow? Uh, Flyers daily. We do it. We do it daily, man. We do it every day. It's yeah. fantastic.
0: So make sure you listen in and uh, we'll have you. We'll have you on closer. I'm sure to the playoffs. I, I, if Absolutely.
1: You, Jason Martinez joining us. Be good, man.
0: Be good. And thank you for joining us. And we'll be back on work on the beat right after these messages all right thanks to jason martinis for joining us a lot of interesting stuff there mr kern yeah i'm hockeyed up now you you are hockeyed up um a yeah. couple quick thoughts before we say goodnight. here um we haven't talked since the super bowl kind of any any snap reaction to what you saw
2: Oh, I mean, look, I thought Tampa had a, a a legit shot. I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I would have taken them into points because of Brady. Um, And, you know, I don't know how many distractions the Chiefs had. I mean, that might have played a part in it. Yeah, I think a bigger part was their tackle was out and they had to move a few guys around and then Tampa's front four on defense. Well, look, you could have almost predicted this the day that Brady signed with them. And I know did we sit here and they were seven and five and then they had the buy and they, they almost lost to the Falcons in the, in, in the third, in their 13th game. And then they, you know, they'd be breeze in the playoffs and I know breeze ain't breeze anymore, but, and if they didn't fumble the ball at midfield, who knows, but they went to Lambeau, they won, they won and they and they won relatively easily. I mean, you know, um, yeah, I just think it's a testament to Tom Brady and I don't think it's a knock on Belichick. I know you know, people can make out of it, whatever they want, but Here's a guy who, who, it's like LeBron when he kind of went to Miami and wherever else, but, but Tom's saying, I'm going to go to Tampa. I still think I can play football. And, hey, look, they were 7-9 and nine last year, and I'm going to convince Gronk to come down. I don't know if he thought A.B. would come at that point. And the running back. I mean, look who scored the four touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah. They, mean, they were all, all guys. I mean, Leonard Fournette. Two by Gronk,
0: up. one by Brown, and then Fournette. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, Fournette was really good. He's like 26 years old. Yeah. Or you know it didn't work out in Jacksonville. I get it. Um, but yeah, what they did, I, I was happy for Bruce. Um, because I, I covered him at Temple, you know, thirty-five years ago. He was a great guy. Um, you know, I mean, I I think Mahomes will get more shots. I mean Brandy might get more shots. I you well, know, I mean and, and I, think, I don't know.
0: I think the one thing in looking at it, and you're right, I, I you know, we've seen enough teams who have distractions going into the Super Bowl who who it, it, it backfires on them. You know, you take the Bengals with um, what happened in uh, in Super Bowl 23 when one of their players got arrested um, or found, on, uh, like, with the drug incident the night before the game. There was the Falcons player who...
2: Uh, yeah, but the Bengals almost won the game.
0: Yeah, the Bengals almost won the game. But it's a lot to right. overcome. When teams have distraction after distraction, and last week, starting with the haircut thing, then obviously, sadly, the Brett Reed, the Brett Reed situation... Uh, hey,
2: answer me a question: Why are you getting haircuts the Tuesday or Wednesday before the Super Bowl? Please explain this to me.
0: Do You want to look good.
2: Why, why would you? I, I, no, I'm just. I'm asking you. Like, I don't like. It's that important that people had to get haircuts that you would risk, like doing that? I, I that completely escapes me. But well, again, and,
0: and, I, the, and the other part of it is the offensive line obviously was just. Beat the beat the shit.
2: I, I think that was the biggest. I think that you know. I mean, we saw what happened with Wentz the, Eric this year. F-
0: the Eric Fisher injury was was a killer for them.
2: Sure, but I mean, you know, when you I mean, again, you had to get in front of them. That's 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 what Tampa had to do. Yep. They had to get in front. And I thought Romo, who had a bad game as as he often does anymore, it seems he's no Troy Aikman. I will say this: I think Aikman is the best. But but Romo did make a good point when it was about twenty one six. Maybe it was early third quarter, and he just said, this doesn't have the feel of the Kansas City comeback that we've gotten used to seeing, mm-hmm. and he was right. And when you can get Patrick Mahomes going backwards half the time, and again, let, let's be honest, I mean, his foot might not have been totally right either. Um, no, I know he played the two playoff games with it.
0: And running four hundred running 480 yards on it, uh, like, and, they, like they said, I uh, mean, by scramble. the end of the game,
2: it was funny, Kevin. When they got the ball the last time, I think there was like two and a half minutes to go in the game, and he still put Mahomes out there. And I know that's Randy's – I mean, that's Andy's, Andy's MO. I get all that. But, man, once you at that point have said, okay, Pat, just sit down. You know, we, we ain't – you know, put the other guy in. Um, That's just me. I, you know, maybe I'm losing it. Uh, there was no reason for him to be on the field at that point.
0: Well, I guess they knew um, the surgery was going to happen anyway, so
2: – yeah, but why? But why? I'm, I'm just saying. So you lose 31-17, You know, if you score a touchdown uh, and get a two-point conversion, uh, you know. And I mean, look, Andy took the risk before halftime of calling the timeouts, and and it burned them. But there was some there were some calls that were questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything went Tampa's way. I mean, uh, yeah, Tampa couldn't have drawn drawn it up any better. And of course, their two coordinators. You know, if they if they were doing hiring now instead of hiring. Two weeks ago, who knows? Yeah,
0: Left Witch and Bowles would, guys, left, which yeah, and and would sudden, both have jobs.
2: Not, you know. I mean, I'm not blaming that game on Eric Biennami by any stretch of the imagination, but.
0: Not unless Eric Biennami was going to play tackle. That was about it.
2: I mean, I'm just going to say this Todd Bowles was not a good head coach in New York. Lots of guys aren't good head coaches with the Jets, but he had a hell of a game, not only Sunday, but against the Packers, he had a hell of a game.
0: Against the Saints? But he didn't have
2: to, he didn't have to against the Redskins. And even the Saints, he had a, he had a it really forced good forced four game. turnovers
0: against the Saints. So, I mean, yeah.
2: yeah. But I I'm mean. just saying, I mean, and there's one of those guys, and I'm not trying to paint him because he's African-American or anything, that maybe he's just a great – like Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was a great defensive coordinator. I don't know if Jimmy Johnson would have been a good coach or not. Maybe he would the have Eagles, been. Eagles, Jimmy Johnson. I have no, no idea. But I thought it was really great that Bruce Arians – Made it a point after the game
0: to highlight to base it the first words
2: out of his mouth were: "This is not about Bruce Arias, No, which it is. Bruce is the head coach. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it starts with, and he was taking criticize. He was getting criticized early in the year for how he was handling Brady. Yeah, that didn't work out, did it? Um, but left and 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 um Bowles obviously know what they're doing, as does the enemy, and as does Spagnola. I mean, there was four really good coordinators in this game, and um
0: and and I'll give credit to Brady because Brady. I'll give credit to Brady, especially with this. You talked about the Arians thing earlier in the year. You know, he had, been, he had played in a pretty sheltered existence in New England because his head coach never criticized him
2: publicly. Never, ever, ever, but ever. It, but behind the scenes, though, Kevin, it might have been different than what we think. You know right. what I'm saying? I, I don't know that for a fact. But he didn't but take it. said Belichick can be hard to play for.
0: But it was a different – it's certainly a different style with Arians, and he took to it. And he took to it, and he realized it that took the a while. Yeah.
2: Right. And, absolutely. And
0: and, and he, it, it was like, hey, you know, to, to get to where you want to go, sometimes you're gonna have to take a little bit
2: of the crap. And he did. And he did it. And he was. Well, it was a different. It was a different offense. Yeah. Um. But then again, like I said, you go out and get and look. Whatever you think of Antonio Brown. Okay. Hell he's, of a a nut.
0: he's a, hell he's of a player. He's he's pretty good.
2: Yeah. And they already had some pretty good pieces in place. Gronk isn't Gronk anymore. But he had two touchdowns on Sunday. Well, how about
0: they dominate with the fact that their two best wide receivers, so Edwards, uh, Evans and Godwin, didn't do crap in that game.
2: Yeah. Well, after after they got up, oh, I they think had the to run the ball. Half was more about trying to run the ball. Yeah,
0: Jones Let's and Forney, so
2: Mahomes isn't going to get the ball, and they did. Yeah. I mean, they can try, and you can see Kansas City was just getting worn down. Uh-huh. We we've seen that in a lot of games where you know it's the it's late in the third quarter, it's thirty-one nine or twenty-eight nine. I guess at that point and you know it ain't happening, or you're pretty sure it ain't happening, it's hard to keep going out on that field when you're getting beat up. And, again, this goes back, you know, to the philosophy that all those skill position players, if you can dominate the line of scrimmage, both sides, you have a really good chance of winning the game. Because Now, it's easy to say that against Kansas City after the fact. A team that had won 25 of its previous 26 games didn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Um, but it just—I mean—who holds? Think about this: Patrick Mahomes has been in the league three years as a starter, has never lost by double digits until Sunday. Think about it. Yeah, and it never scooped and held the single digits. And you know, it might not happen again for two or three years. I, who the, How the hell do I know? I, um, but it was just a great. I, I prefer to give the credit to to the winners. Yeah, and I noted that Andy that thing with Britt, we're never going to know how much it affected him or the team. We just never will. Um, and, yeah, and if that poor girl dies, I mean, you know, that that's going to be – that's just going to be really bad. And and he went through it with another son. He went through, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a tragedy. And we should
0: say Britt's been placed on administrative leave. He's a lot uh, – obviously a, a linebacker done. He's
2: done. He's, done. Yeah, he's not going to be. And no, and, and if he's not going to coach for his old man, he probably might not – and think about this, Kevin, I came not with these two thoughts. Think about how close, because there was a, there was a lot of talk like a couple of weeks ago about, oh, the Eagles made a mistake like letting Andy go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look at it from the perspective of 2012, not the perspective of 2020. The Eagles moved on. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to Andy. Mm-hmm. He probably, knew, but after his, it, it's his son, every, but anyway, the Eagles did win a Super Bowl, like before Andy did. But think about this. Andy is two Tom Brady's away from having three straight Super Bowls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he's one Jimmy uh, Garoppolo away. Joke.
0: Yeah. From, from none. having none. <laughs> you know along that's with that's along oh for three in Super Bowls, he's getting in the he would be in the Marv Levy category.
2: At well, this he, point. he might. Yeah, but I mean, but if, I'm saying if Brady didn't beat them two years ago in the AFC yeah. title game. They might have won the Super oh, yeah, Bowl. yeah, but I'm year. count.
0: I'm counting the one where he won it, where he went it with the Eagles too. So right, he,
2: right. Well, he would have been over four. If, yeah, if yeah, it's not for right.
0: Frisco, he would have been over three.
2: Exactly, and uh, I mean, but but look, he won one. So I'm, I'm not going to. Andy Reid's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's going to co- He's not done. He's not nowhere no. done yet. And every coach, I mean, he's coach. It.
0: A, and every coach has a bad game, and that was a really bad game for Andy. But
2: yeah, you know, at a and, and, time. But again, I prefer to give the credit. To, to the other side, and when we look back and see things, it was, like, it was like when LeBron went back to Cleveland, right, and gave them a championship, right? It was almost like that was destiny. Yeah. You know, he left. He got this, you know, they hated him. He came back. When Tom Brady left the, 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 the New England, and, you know, we weren't sure how much yet. You just, we should have had a feeling. I thought they'd be a playoff team, but I didn't necessarily see them winning the Super Bowl. But something in us probably should have just said, it's freaking Tom Brady. Yeah, You know, like, you got to put a stake through his heart. And Patrick Mahomes might win more Super Bowls. You know, he might get to whatever number he gets to. But if anybody – you know, I heard a couple of years ago somebody was, was trying to compare Montana to Brady. And they were making it – it was Mike Francesa in New York. He was like, Montana went 4-0. and You can't – you know, and he never threw an interception. Whoa, 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 whoa. Terry Bradshaw went 4-0, mm-hmm. and in the last two Steelers Super Bowls, he was one of the main reason they won Okay, against the Cowboys and the Rams. Aikman went to 3-1-3. Don't tell me that getting to 10 and losing three of them is worse than going 4-0. No, 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 no. Ten Super Bowls. He's played 20 seasons. Every other season he's been in the Super Bowl. I, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes will do something similar or some other quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know somebody coming up right now. Don't tell me what, you know, that Tom Brady and, and, and him and Belichick, he found the perfect coach and Belichick found the perfect quarterback. And, you know, it is what it is.
0: Uh, it
2: was what it was, I, I guess, is the better way of put it.
0: Since we got off the uh, the horn with Jason, uh, the Flyers have announced no new additions to the COVID protocol list for them. So that's good news. Uh, at this point, which could lead to a game on Sunday again. So, uh, as we're talking, flyers clove. this is Sam Cargidi, Flyers-Clover. The,
2: the Fr- Phillies just signed a relief pitcher. Yeah. According to the ESPN scroll.
0: Well, they signed them three hours ago to a minor league deal, but yeah, okay.
2: Oh, so you know these guys better than I do. I just see the scroll and say, oh, okay, I have no clue. Um, They're, they're certainly signing a lot of guys, <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Well, uh, look, they had to. I think I know they're doing. They're, hey, look, you know we haven't talked about the Phillies in a while, and
0: they're we're doing that on are doing that on lineup. We're doing right, that on com- right. We're doing that on Friday with Matt uh, Matt Breen. I should point out. Okay, but real
2: but real quick, they're coming back with basically the same lineup, yeah. which me and you weren't sure to catcher or the shortstop was going to be there. Can't now, blame them. They still have questions. Mm-hmm. Center field's a question. Second base is a question. First base might be a question depending on how the surgery went. Left field's a little bit of a question. You, you know, he's getting older.
0: Well, it but sounds like Kingery. Back, it sounds like Kingery could be the center fielder. Second base okay. is going to be Segar.
2: But but Kingery's going to have to play better, obviously, than he did. And yeah, whatever. So basically, they're telling you that, that we missed the playoffs by one game, and we're bringing back the same lineup. Yeah. Okay. The pitching, obviously, and then they've went out and got pitchers. Now, whether those pitchers are going to be good enough or not, I don't know. But they can't be any worse. No, they can't. Than it was year, so you figure somehow some way they got to pick up a few games, don't they? <laughs> I don't know. Their well, divisions
0: hard. What's fascinating but, what's fascinating is no DH, so that's going to hurt because you can't put real Muto there once every 5 oh, days. Right. So you oh, right. Yo, you're
2: right. Yeah. As of
0: now. Um Right.
2: Well, for this year, right? It'll be this year.
0: Yeah, for this year. Uh and it could 17, and it could
2: it could doubleheaders, right? Yeah, right.
0: Uh it could change uh the 17 doubleheaders are going to stay. The 26 man roster is going to stay. Uh, but right now, uh, oh, and the uh, ten the the extra inning rule is going to stay. The man putting, being put on set. Uh, I know. But uh, the
2: good news was the Mets didn't sign Bauer.
0: No. So, oh, yeah, but Bauer's contract is
2: amazingly stupid. Right, but I don't care about his contract. <laughs> I know. All I care about is that he would have been pitching for the Mets this year, perhaps, and that would have made them better. Yeah. I, I guess, unless he hurt his arm or something.
0: Yeah. So... All right, Mr. Kern, so we're back here Friday with uh, Mr. Breen, and we'll talk to Phillies as he gets ready to go to Clearwater for uh, spring training. Um, an interesting spring training because it's not that, be- that used to be your
2: favorite time of the year, right?
0: Yeah, I didn't have to worry about snow falling every
2: other day. So No, but you did spring training and then the tournament, right? That's, that was yeah. kind of your, your world. Yeah,
0: and the NCAA announced, by the way, one final thing before we go. The NCAA announced that the tournament schedule – uh, the first four games are all going to be on that Thursday, then Friday, Saturday for the first round, Sunday, Monday for the second round, and so the Thursday through Sunday schedule's been backed up a day, so on both weekends.
2: Well, let's just hope that COVID Please. does not enter into that equation, but no. I I fear that somehow, some way, it's going to. Yeah, and I, I don't too. mean that the tournament's going to get canceled. I don't mean... But, but I think
0: you could see some teams get pared down because of uh, because of COVID at some point. Yeah. Kevin,
2: every time I turn around, one of the big five schools ain't playing. Yeah, I know. There's like four teams in the top 10 right now one who are point. in COVID um, yeah. pause, yeah. or whatever the hell they call it. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, I know that they have to try. I I, I I understand all of this, but it just seems to me that you're almost paddling uphill. And I know when vaccines – now, but, yeah, I mean, look, 20-year-old kids are going to be the last people to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, it just is. Um, and you, you just wonder – like, I don't want to see a watered-down tournament where, like, God forbid, Gonzaga doesn't go or Baylor doesn't go or, or they go but they're coming off a pause and they lose in the second round because, God forbid, they haven't played in 20 days. I mean – but I guess it's better than to no tournament at all. I, I, well, and the NCAA you
0: know, needs the tournament needs the tournament for the finances. So
2: oh, absolutely. Let's, there's there's no doubt about. Don't that. kid Just yourself. This isn't.
0: This isn't because of the love of the game. This is for the love of the dollar. That this is going to take. But
2: place. I wish they would tell me that because right. they don't. You ah. know, it's kind of like Jason's story about you know, getting that phone call saying yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, and I understand they can't come out and say yeah, we're doing it for the money. I, I'm not. That's stupid, no, no, but, but I'm telling you when the real test is going to be for the NCAA, I, I think, is these conference tournaments, Yeah, because if they're going to be played, there are now teams talking about maybe not participating, which personally, I don't think you should have the option of not participating. Well, if there, your league is holding a tournament.
0: There has been a uh, a lot of leagues have put out memos basically saying it's part of your terms of agreement that you've already signed to be a tournament. You can't back out of a tournament.
2: If you if a player says on November the 1st I'm taking this year off mm-hmm. like we saw football players do that's fine. You made that choice. Right. Not to play, I get it. I'm but you can't make that choice to sit out of your conference tournament no. and then go to the NCAA tournament. No. You 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 just can't do that and and you know, like I mean, Villanova technically could do that because they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. It's going to probably be a one, regardless of where yeah. they win the Big East or losing the Big East or whatever. I, 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 I just foresee we're going to get that little note that the MAC championship had to be called off because some kid on Hofstra.
0: Well, remember when we get the March, that was the canary in the coal mine last year. Was first the Ivy, right, and then right. Um, then obviously everything else. So.
2: I remember when we all thought the Ivy overreacted. Like, I actually, was like, yeah. oh, come on, do they really have to cancel? Like, can't they, you know, can't they just bust up to Harvard and just play games with no fans? And and then, like, two days later, everything's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. I never forget getting a phone call from a, a good friend of ours when a couple of the tournaments had been canceled that first day of the conference tournaments. Yep. But the Big East was still going to play, and he texted me. He says, see this? Villanova's league's got balls. You know, they're still playing. Ten minutes later, I, I get the text oops, because at that point they had stopped the St. John's game at, at halftime half time. or whatever it was. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it's not about having balls, it's, no. it's about doing what's right uh, and trying to balance everything, which is not never the easy thing to do. You know, if the money wasn't a part of all this, we know what everybody would do. And, you know, you know if.
0: Well, and, and and no, and look, I mean, we're coming up on a year, pretty much. I mean, we're about, we're 11 months in You're close. Yeah. Yeah. And the NFL got through it and and Jason's right. You know, all these leagues have done a really good job of, of the balance.
2: They've done the best they can, uh,
0: for the uh, most part, uh, you know, and, and we're almost through hopefully to the other side of this. I mean, with the vaccines and Mm -hmm. everything, um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, look at the idea that the Super Bowl's ratings went down as much as they did. Now, remember, this is a weekend in the Northeast where we had major snowstorms.
2: Yeah. um, a great, a great matchup. Yeah. I mean, and, you could get obviously, a better matchup. And, and
0: part of that was I think people realized in the second half that that game was over, so maybe people turned out and that's what 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 happened. I
2: think people, Kevin, are starting to realize – and this is going to sound really—I don't mean it to say—but there's more to life,
0: right, than sports, than
2: just watching. And I'm not saying I don't like watching sports. I do. I, I, you know, like you. I mean, like, but it it's, I think you come to a realization after 11 months that your life doesn't end because you can't go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. or your life doesn't end because you can't go to movies, or your life doesn't end because God forbid your your kids can't go to school, even though we want them in school. Right. Obviously, you know, if this was as simple as saying. Like if no money was involved in anything, well, you just close the restaurants for a year. You say people can't go out, they you know whatever. Right. But it's not that simple because right. people now are going to lose jobs. They're going to lose their livelihood. They're going to they're going to. It's not. There's never simple answers, right? Um, to all this stuff. Um, but at some point, I'm always been the person that errs on the side of caution. You know, don't send kids. If it was my world, I would say kids aren't going to go back till September. Because not all school districts are created equal. Philadelphia is in Bucks County. You know, it's not whatever. But we're going to make damn sure that on September the 1st, they're all opening and they're all opening safely. And we're going to put all our eggs in that basket.
0: On the Tuesday after Labor Day, through, right. We're
2: going to get through these next three months. And we know it's not, we, we know it's hurting kids. We know we get it. But we're going to do the best we can, get them through. It'll be a lost year. Right. You know, Actually more than a year for a lot of these kids, but man, we're going to make sure we hit the ground running on September 1st, clean, you right. know, clean rooms. Um, people will have vaccines by then, more people, but you know, apparently right now we're going through, you know, all this with the Phil, I mean, I'm just speaking for Philadelphia, but I mean, you teach in Ben Salem, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, can we go back? The teachers don't want to go back. Some parents want to go back. Some parents don't want to go back.
0: <laughs> well, and and, <laughs> and and I should point out, you know, I should point out that I'm in and I'll tell the story like, you know, I, because of the way that everything's gone and because I have high blood pressure and I'm diabetic and all that, I, you know, I've been hesitant about going back in the classroom for my own personal health. Last night, I got my first uh, COVID-19 vaccine uh, administration, the Moderna one uh, in Bucks County. Um, You know, again, weight, high blood pressure. Diabetes. I'm in that one A group, uh, but was uh, I feel very fortunate that I had the first one. I will gladly go back for the second one, and I'm looking forward to going back whenever uh, I can because I've missed the classroom and I've missed seeing right. the students. But there's also a health risk, obviously, for people like me who have multiple underlying condition.
2: Well, here's the problem if we go back and first of all i don't know what it's going to look like when the kids go back you know if they're only going to go two days a week if they're going to go yeah, because obviously the classes are going to have to be smaller mm-hmm. um you know but what happens if people go back and there is positive tests you know now all of a sudden you're shutting down a school or multiple schools and the philadelphia school district all the a lot of the buildings are 75 100 years old
0: and the ventilation yeah, and, is the issue and yeah.
2: the answer can't be we're going to open windows no, no, no. It's 20 degrees outside. No, we can't open windows. And I understand that maybe the money isn't there. But, you know, for people to come out and just say, well, we have to go back. No, no, no. We don't have to do anything where people could get sick. And maybe nobody gets sick. You know, maybe they go back and everybody's fine. And, and you know, and that's great. That's, that's awesome. But you, you can't. We've come this far. We've gotten to this point. Yeah and there's been obviously there's been a lot of you know bumps in the road, not bumps, but you know more than bumps, but I mean four hundred and fifty thousand people have died in this country, but we we we've we've got we can see you know we can see we we can yeah. see and it might be the end of the summer, it might be the fall, you know but whatever, there. but we can see that point where we're where we're close, we're yeah. all you know and um you know, and I think we just have to look yeah. at it that way and say, okay, yeah. let's not screw it up now. Yeah. You know, let's not set ourselves back again. Yep. You know, uh, that would be me. I and I say, that if I was height if in the Philadelphia school districts, I would say, God damn, when September first comes around, wow. we will be the ready. T- the Tuesday after Labor Day. Because you well, know whatever my, that day is, you, you, I you know, you know Philadelphia my Philadelphia schools. Yeah, you're right.
0: You you're know right. my rule: never go back yeah. before Labor Day. Never. Yeah,
2: I know. Anyway, hey, well, in my in my world, you never did. No, no. I,
0: <laughs> All right, Mike, we will uh, we'll talk again on Friday. It's not going to. Uh, so we will talk Friday afternoon. I think three thirty.
2: Is Matt going to get a Pizza City pizza?
0: Uh, you know what? I'll send him one. So actually, Matt, Matt, Matt doesn't eat that anymore. Oh no! I think he's I think, a health guy. I think, he, I think he's going vegan.
2: Uh, I ran into him about. Three weeks or a month ago, he because he, he lives right around the corner from me. And we we chatted for a while. I remember you telling me that.
0: Yeah, I think so. He,
2: he, he, he can't give up Pizza City I pizza. Think he
0: did. We'll ask him. That'd be it. like
2: me giving up Jack in the Box tacos. I
0: I get it. So all right, Mike. <laughs> okay, babe. I'll see you. All okay. right, thanks to Jason Martinez for joining us. All right, thanks to you for joining us. We'll see you on Friday. Have a good night. This has been Working to Beat.